Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. Could not be more excited to be talking about the 2019-2020 Hawks. I'm very excited to bring you my coverage of the Hawks' first game of the season. Before we get into the game, I just wanted to introduce myself again at the beginning of the season. I am Forrest Willoughby. I am a native Atlantean and a huge Hawks fan, and I started the Kettlecast as a way to talk about the Atlanta Hawks. The Kettlecast itself got its name from what a large group of predatory birds is called, which is called the Kettle. I will be here talking about the Atlanta Hawks all season. Without further ado, let's get into their first game of the regular season. So the Hawks defeated the Detroit Pistons 117-110 to to start their 2019-2020 season. Pistons were without Blake Griffin and coming off the first half of a back-to-back where they beat the Pacers last night. And the Hawks certainly took advantage of a tired Detroit team. It wasn't super obvious that the Pistons were lacking any energy early in the game, but certainly in the fourth quarter, you could tell that the Pistons just really were gassed. But to get into some of the highlights for the Hawks, as I said, they won 117-100. to The Hawks had nine steals. They made 11 of 31 three-pointers for a respectable 35.5% of threes. Trey Young hit six of those 11 threes. Amazingly, the Hawks outscored the Pistons in the paint 60 to 36. Pistons marquee player is Andre Drummond, their center. And so to see the Hawks outscore the Pistons in the paint by that much is kind of startling and kind of really encouraging as well. It shows a focus on getting really good shots, whether they be in the paint or behind the three-point line. Finally, the Hawks outscored the Pistons 18 to 4 on fast break points and that could go back to the Pistons being a little tired from having a game the night before and also the Hawks being really refreshed. Notable standouts for the Atlanta Hawks. This game starts and really finishes with one Trey Young. I mean Trey came out, he played 37 minutes, he scored 38 points, he had seven rebounds, nine assists, he did have six turnovers which is not great and I'll talk a little bit about a couple of those in a minute but Trey really had everything going as I said he had six of ten threes those threes were not easy three-pointers he made two exceptionally deep uh, three-pointers one from the Pistons logo he made one three-pointer while getting fouled he just really was in control especially in the first half Trey had 26 points in the first half of the game and really just set the tone for the Hawks and you think with the uh, Trey scoring 26 points in the first half that the Hawks would be up by a lot the Hawks were actually trailing going into halftime. They were down 63-60, to 60, and I was really frustrated watching them just because they played so well offensively that it really didn't make any sense that they were behind going into halftime. But Trey, really wonderful, not only scoring but assisting. He, was, he had really good connections early on with Jabari Parker, who's another Hawk we will get to momentarily. In the second half, he drew some double teams, and that's where some of his turnovers came out of. Detroit really blitzing him with two defenders and it's somewhat surprising to me that Trey isn't exceptional out of the double team with how good he is at passing because the double team pass almost seems a little bit easier than the normal assist that he makes but he had some problems I don't know if he was just trying to take 
the double team on himself, but he had he was a little hesitant or he didn't get the ball out of his hands as quickly as I'd like as soon as that double team started to advance on him. You're really nitpicking at a 38-point performance, um, especially in, in a win at this point, and Trey was just fantastic and really started this game kind of how he finished last season. He was matched up most of the night with another second-year player, Bruce Brown, and Bruce Brown just could not keep Trey in front of him. Trey was able to get by Brown pretty easily, and that turned into a lot of fouls that sent Trey to the free-throw line. Just a lot of easy opportunities for other Hawks players because it forced other defenders to come and try to stop Trey. John Collins had a solid game, a double-double. He had 18 points, one of three shooting, and 10 rebounds. Uh, He had two monster dunks, one putback slam over DeAndre Drummond that was super encouraging him to see him go up and uh, get a putback like that. And then he had another dunk sort of in transition where he just two steps, one-handed slam. And um, to see John get off on the right foot was really encouraging, and hopefully he'll be able to just keep this up. I mean, 18 and 10, that's sort of where he ended last season, and I know he wants to increase his scoring a little bit. I know that 20 and 10 standard is, is something he's shooting for, but it was really encouraging for him to have a good game. And he had one block as well on the defensive end. He came over and had a nice block on, I think, DeAndre Drummond, or Andre Drummond, excuse me. He played really well. I mean, it's just when you can just talk about a third-year player getting 18 and 10, and that's just kind of like a standard thing, not too much to be excited about, that's a good a good feeling. But uh, that's sort of what we've come to expect from John Collins. DeAndre Bembry played the most minutes off the bench. He didn't start. The Hawks starters for this game were Alex Lynn, John Collins, Trey Young, and then the two rookies, Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter. Bembry wasn't even the first player off the bench. That went to Jabari Parker. But Bembry played 23 minutes off the bench. He scored eight points on four or five shooting, missed his only three-pointer, had three assists and no turnovers. And that turnover number is huge. The Hawks averaged 22 turnovers in the preseason. They're five preseason games, and it looks really sloppy. It wasn't like just, to be clear, the Hawks are only returning six players from last year's team, so it's a lot of new people, but they they had a lot of turnovers that were really bad, and in this game against the Pistons, the Hawks only had 13 turnovers, which really contributed to them being able to finish this game out. So Bembry was big off the bench, and he just adds something. The second unit is going to be really interesting to watch because the first half of the game, it would have been easy to see be like, oh, the Hawks are going to be really good when Trey's on the court. He scores 26 points, and the Hawks still aren't able to get a lead. Maybe this team's really bad. And in the third quarter, there was a huge part of the third quarter where uh, it looked like the Pistons could get back into the game. The Hawks had built a little bit of a lead, five-point lead. Then with 3.12 to go in the third quarter, Evan Turner, one of the new Hawks, came in. From that point on, the Hawks were able to push the lead from 5. It even got down to as low as 3, all the way up to 10, going into the fourth quarter. And that was huge. That was a lineup of Evan Turner, DeAndre Bembry, Jabari Parker, John Collins, and Cam Reddish. Um, And to see a lineup like that turn a five-point lead, even down to a three-point lead, into a ten-point lead is super encouraging and something that 
if the Hawks are going to be good this season, their second unit is going to have to be good, and it's going to have to have a little bit of a different identity than this first unit because there's no point guard, true point guard, coming off the bench. And I thought Evan Turner, Evan Turner played really well in this game. He had a lot of time where he was on the court with Trey Young, but on the time when he wasn't sharing the court with Trey Young and he had the primary ball handling capabilities, the Hawks were really smart to have Jabari Parker, again, talking about him again, be the focus of the team on the offensive side of the ball and then really surround Parker with defensive-minded guys such as Bembry, Evan Turner, even Cam Reddish. And sort of there's a balance there, at least you can see, of defensive guys and offensive guys. But to see that second unit really take a lead in the end of the third quarter, push it to 10 to start the fourth quarter and really sort of like make it a struggle for the Pistons to get back into this game, which is huge. It'll be one thing to watch this second unit and how much they really rely on Jabari Parker, who himself had a really big game for the Hawks. Jabari played 22 minutes. He had the second most minutes off the bench. He had 18 points, 1 of 2 from three-point land, 8 of 11 overall, and was just super efficient offensively. I mean, he's so offensive-minded. His only other stat, he had one other, he had one rebound, and he can be really bad on defense. Uh, one play that sticks out to me is he is defending a, a player has the ball on the other team that uh, I think Derrick Rose, who had a really good game for the Pistons and was guarded by DeAndre Bembry, has the ball. Uh, Derrick Rose goes around Jabari Parker. Jabari Parker legitimately just sets a pick on DeAndre Bembry, and Rose is able to get just a mid-range shot. So he's still going to – he works. He makes he, – he puts in a lot of effort, and if he's willing to come off and be – Really, that second um, unit score, he'll be extremely valuable. But uh, for at least one game, Jabari was great. And his energy, he was a part of that lineup that took the lead. And really, he was the offensive engine in that little stretch. He had a dunk off a pass. He had a ball. He got the ball at the perimeter. He split two defenders for a slam dunk. And then he just took out of an out-of-bounds play got the ball and just went through Tony, uh, yeah, Tony Snell for an and one. And that was just seven points to close a quarter in the last three minutes that really, again, pushed the Pistons to have to have a really good fourth quarter to win this game. So all in all, it was a fantastic game for the Hawks to start their season. And that's without even talking about their new guys. The Hawks had two rookies starting. DeAndre Hunter, who through the preseason just showed himself to be really just already a competent NBA player. So DeAndre Hunter was going to start regardless. And then Cam Reddish started because Kevin Herter came out of the preseason having played no preseason games and trying to get healthy with a sore knee. Um, His knee had been bothering him. He went through a couple practices this week. The last couple of weeks he had been amping up his practices. And this week he had had a couple of really good practices that allowed him to even play in this game. But Herter was not going to start, and so Cam Reddish got to start. Finally, Bruno Fernando was Alex Lynn's primary backup. To see all the rookies that were drafted this year contribute in Game 1 was huge. Getting back to DeAndre Hunter, played 25 minutes, scored 14 points, um, was 2 of 3 from 3-point land. He's uh, had to guard one of the Morris twins, one of the more physical forwards in the NBA DeAndre Hunter already has a NBA-ready body, which is ridiculous. 
and he just he doesn't make a lot of the mistakes you think a lot of uh, a rookie would normally make. His one play I thought like come on man was he drove the ball and instead of just shooting it he tried to force a pass in to John Collins and it was an impossible pass. John didn't get it. All of the Hawks looked at DeAndre like dude just shoot the ball. But other than that like one play I thought Hunter was extremely good. It's kind of ridiculous that you don't even really he does not look like the normal rookie out there. Reddish had a much different game than Hunter. He only scored one point. He uh, was 0 of 5 from three-point land, and his one point came at the free throw line. But for all he couldn't do on the offensive side of the ball, I thought Cam had a really solid game defensively. He just seems to get to every loose ball. He His hands are everywhere. Both him and Hunter are extremely uh, just huge wingspan guys, and Reddish was matched up on the opposing point guard, Reggie Jackson, to start the game. Jackson didn't end up finishing the game because of an injury, and so that could have contributed to the two air balls that he shot. But Cam also can get back into pretty much any shot. A player can make a move, and both Cam and Hunter are uh, have those huge wingspans where they can uh, sort of change how the player's going to shoot the ball by getting back into the play. I thought Cam had a really good game defensively, and it showed up by, although he was only one point in 21 minutes, he was a plus 11. Now, plus minus isn't the greatest stat or anything, but to see Reddish be on the court when the team is better than the Pistons by 11 points was encouraging to see. Bruno, I mean, Fernando does one thing that I think all rookies are supposed to do, and he just brings energy to the court. Now, coming into a game and being introduced to Andre Drummond is pretty rough, but uh, Fernando acquitted himself very well. He played 14 minutes, had seven points, including a three-pointer. If you would have told me he would have make a three-pointer in the regular season before Cam Reddish did, I would have been shocked. And he was great. He did have two shots just utterly rejected, and he's going to have to get used to NBA length. Um, both Andre Drummond and Thon Maker blocked Bruno, but Bruno never seems to get down, and he will always go for rebounds and always just really put the effort forth, which is what you want out of a backup big. And to see him also be the first big off the bench and not play Damian Jones at all, who played a lot in the preseason, was very encouraging. So all of the rookies played extremely well. And going forward, we're just going to continue to have a segment here that focuses on those rookies and that will just be the fledgling focus going forward. So each game we'll just do a little bit of time spent on, on the rookies and see how Hunter, Reddish, and Fernando are progressing. Just all in all, a very encouraging game one of the 2019 season. The Hawks had a lot of change in this offseason. Again, they only returned six players from last year's team, and DeAndre Bembry who's been on the Hawks for four years, is the longest longest tenured Hawk. It was, you know, a lot of unknowns coming into the season, and to see the rookies contribute right away, and also to have a little history on this night, and that the Hawks have Vince Carter, who played 10 minutes off the bench, to have played in his 22nd year in the NBA, which is just incredible. It was really encouraging. The Hawks did catch the Pistons, on a bizarre back-to-back to start the season. But 
you got to get victories when you get things like that handed to you. The Hawks have their second game of the year and their first home game tomorrow night at State Farm Arena. They play the Magic, who are also 1-0, and also a team that destroyed the Hawks, sweeping them by beating them four times last year. So it'll be interesting how they handle that game tomorrow. I will have a preview of that game up tomorrow to hear players for the Magic you need to be looking out for and what are some interesting matchups and possibly if we get any updates on if Kevin Herter is going to play at all and what the progress is on his injury. Thank you for catching this episode of the Kettlecast. I really appreciate you listening to this, and if you could share it with any friends or Hawks fans you know, that would be fantastic. If you have any questions, feel free to email me at kettlecast at gmail.com. And we are through one game. The basketball season is a long season of 82 games, and I look forward to sharing this Hawks season with you all the rest of the way. Without anything else, go Hawks.